I have been awake for nine hours. Yeah. How long Which is that? Sounds like a lot until you realize it is only two thirty in this bitch, and it's a Sunday. Why did you get up so early? I just, I don't know. <laughs> I got up to go to the restroom, and then I realized that there was a that the new series Bel Air, uh, was premiering on Peacock, so that I watched those first three episodes. And they were really good. And nice. then and then we were going to do this thing. And this thing has taken a good amount of time. So Yeah, it kind of fucking has. Jesus. Well, I mean, we, we played we some plundered. plunder. We plundered. We plundered first. We plundered. Yeah. Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast where myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch Rob Cops and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing on this Super Bowl Sunday? Well, I'm pumped for the halftime show, I can tell you that much. Yay, yay, G-Funk. Um... That's gonna be life, and life is rhythm. It's gonna take us back to childhood. I mean, not childhood, but well, no, for childhood to dog like nothing but a she thing came out when I was five years old. Okay, yeah, childhood. <laughs> yeah, so man, it's it, fucking it, it for real started but way back when we were children. You know, there's an entire generation already that doesn't know who the fuck these people are. I mean, they know who they are, but they don't know who they are, they are at all. It's it's the equivalent of when, like, the Rolling Stones were the Super Bowl halftime show of the the first time the Seahawks made the Super Bowl. So in Super Bowl forty, when we were seniors in high school, and we're watching the Rolling Stones, it's like, I'm well aware of the Rolling Stones. I'm well aware of their songs. Right. But these guys are considered oldies to me. Yep. We are it's, now and like and the people who were like in their late thirties and early forties, that was their childhood was like listening to Brown Sugar and like and listening to Mick Jagger sing about can't get no satisfaction. And we were the ones who were just like this, yep. these guys are straight oldies. Yep. And now <laughs> we are the ones who are gonna be like, yo, y'all don't know about this. <laughs> Now we're the fucking oldies. But look at our oldies. Look at our oldies music. It's fucking phenomenal. Y'all don't know about one, two, three, and said the foe. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the dough. Oh, God. I can't fucking wait. (laughs) I can't fucking wait. Oh, man. Na, 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 na. The Super Bowl will be on NBC this year, uh, which is also streaming it live on Peacock and also streaming live on Peacock is the movie Marry Me, which is what we watched this week. And we're releasing on Valentine's Day for our episode. You know, this is the first movie we've we've talked about and watched that 
is a little presumptuous. It puts the fucking rating that it thinks we it deserves in its own title. <laughs> exactly. The first one that's telling us what it wants from us from this podcast. That's a and little presumptuous. We'll see if it earned it or not. Where's the where's the crickets little yeah. like sound bite? <laughs> I know. <laughs> if you've seen the commercials and trailers for this movie, you may guess it may not get to that level. But we, you know, we could talk about it. So. We'll see. We'll see. You never know. You never know. We'll discuss it. Um, so uh, this particular film here, uh, let's just go right into some stats about it. Um, so it is. Um, let's see here. <laughs> In Marry Me is. A 2022 American romantic comedy film directed by Kat Quaro with a screenplay by John Rogers, Tammy Sager, and Harper Dill. And it's based on the graphic novel of the same name by Bobby Crosby. Hmm. And it stars Jennifer Lopez as Kat Valdez, a pop star who decides to marry a stranger holding a Marry Me sign, played by Owen Wilson. After learning that her onstage partner, Bastian, played by Maluma. The, Sebastian. Who's uh, a famous uh, Mexican artist. Or not Mexican, sorry. God damn, that was... If I wasn't Mexican myself, wow. that'd be extremely racist. Uh, no, Latin American artist, because he's not Mexican. Uh, they, they were showing flags in there. He's either Venezuelan or Colombian. One of the two, because I saw the, like... Or maybe Ecuadorian... But like I saw the yellow, blue, and red, but I didn't know if I, there were like stars along or a crest because like the three countries share the same colors for their flag. Anyway, <laughs> nonetheless, what did it look like again? Uh, yellow, blue, red. Um, not necessarily in that order. He is Colombian. I just clicked on his on his Wikipedia with a, uh, he's with from, stars. With stars, you said. Yeah. So that one. No, uh, Colombia's flag is uh, with nothing on it. Um, Venezuela has stars, and then uh, Ecuador has like a little crest in the middle, but they all have the same colors. Mm. For some reason, don't ask me why. I've always loved flags. I've always loved like studying flags and. Dude, like, I kind of get that. I kind of get that. I and like there was a book. It, it was like an almanac that I found in like third or fourth grade that had a page of all the country's flags, literally just like every single flag. And what I did is I would actually in my like little notebook, instead of like doodling, I would just have that book, the almanac at my desk because no one was fucking reading the almanac in like third or fourth grade. (laughs) And, and my doodles were, I would draw each and every flag. So like I literally had like pages of every flag in the world at that time like in my like fucking third grade notebook it, it was that just nerdy shit right there so well, that's, nonetheless. That's, no that's some cool shit i mean i get it the blocks of colors and everything it's kind of fun like yeah the easiest crazy. one the easiest one to uh draw was libya's 100 percent. what was that 
it's just a green rectangle because <laughs> <laughs> I believe green is the is the color of Islam. Um, and so just straight up. Oh, just, is it? It's green. Yeah. Um, and one of the hardest ones I had trouble with was uh, the United States because 50 fucking stars up in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who the hell can ever get 50 stars in that square or that rectangle? I mean, it makes it unique and cool in like in the grand scheme of things, but at the same time, real tough to draw and like on your own, especially yeah. when like myself, you can't draw for shit. Uh, I cannot <laughs> draw for shit. Um, nonetheless. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Maluma is Colombian. Um, and Maluma plays Bastion, who's having an affair on Cat Valdez, played by Jennifer Lopez. Uh, John Bradley, Sarah Silverman, and Chloe Coleman also star in supporting roles in this film, which is an hour and 52 minutes long. It feels that. Um, it's a half hour too long. Yeah, we can get, we can get away with 90 here. We don't yeah. need to go as far as we did. Yeah. Um. Guess what the budget for this film was? Fucking atrocious. Um, well, I'm guessing this is something like a passion project for Jennifer Lopez. So it's it's not like they had to pay her buku bucks to do all this, I'm, I'm guessing. So I'm going to say I, like, what? Let's see. It's a... Uh, yeah, so there's multiple production companies that are listed as producers of this film. And one of them is Jennifer Lopez's production company, uh, New Year Rican. What? It's N-U-Y-O-R-I-C-A-N. New Year Rican. So that's basically supposed to be short for New York and Puerto Rican. And Puerto Rican. Mixed together. Yeah, because that's she's of Puerto Rican descent but she grew up in the Bronx in New York. Do you think she's still Jenny from the block? Hey, don't be fooled by the rocks that she's got. All right. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I want to see her at the halftime show too, but we already saw that. <laughs> we already saw, we saw plenty of her at that halftime show and in this movie. And in um, this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. yeah. Um, I, I so I'm going to say 120 million for the, for the, the budget budget. Yeah. You are completely off. Uh, it is twenty three million. Wow! All right, I was wasting. So, right. yeah, uh, twenty three million uh, for to make this film, which is slightly surprising until you think about it. And a lot of it was done on stages. True. And so, you know, and like and. In the same little like apartment, so like the, a lot of it was like settings that you could just make up into multiple scenes. So right, like, right. The stage that stage could be this arena, this arena, and this arena. You know what I mean? A lot um, of props though, and like outfits and shit. I figured that would have driven course, the price up. Course, but... but I mean, if you're also if it uh, says Jennifer Lopez had a hand in producing, right? Then. You're saving a lot of money on like actor contracts because now you're talking about you know streaming money and 
you know, making money over time on this money or off right. this road, as opposed to money up front, which was kind of the business model back in the early 2000s and, you know, mid 2000s. Um, does the, she, the does she really think she's, she's going to keep making money off of this movie? I mean, it's going to be streaming on Peacock for a long time. So, you know, it, it's, like it's gonna make its most amount of money now, but at the same time, it's gonna make some money throughout. You know, um, yeah, that's true. Like that's true. <laughs> uh, I like I saw um, Jaleel White, who played Urkel in Family Matters. Uh, he um, was on the Stevo podcast, Wild Ride, and. <laughs> Steve-O likes to talk about like business contracts on his podcast. He he gets really into like business money. If, if uh, artists are whoever he's talking with, if they're willing to go there, he's willing to talk about the real brass tax, like the real like money that was that's happening. Mm. And Jaleel White talked about how in for family matters, his parents weren't crazy. His parents were actually like not fucked up and not like, didn't fuck him over as a kid and had his best interest in heart for the future. And so they worked out a producer credit for Jaleel White on that show. And so all these reruns that you've seen of Family Matters since the show canceled in the mid 90s, like you still see it on ABC Family. Like oh, he's still morning. getting royalties from he's, it, huh? Every fucking rerun you see, he's still getting a check, even if it's for like a buck. 20 for a random showing on Tuesday at 1 a.m. He got a buck 20 for that showing. And then extrapolate that amongst all the other markets. It's each market giving him a buck 20. That's kind of crazy that that shit is set up the way it is. Like, that's just yes. nuts to me. Like, I mean, yeah, the, the rights matter when it comes to success, especially to success, success successful uh, pieces of art but yeah nonetheless um this film also has been released out in theaters uh, along with streaming on peacock oh it was how yes so it was a a dual thing hmm. um, so how much has how much do you think it's made on its opening weekend which is this weekend mm. 50 million So much like your budget, <laughs> you are <laughs> way off. Uh, no, the uh, it has made worldwide sixteen point five million. Is the good is the report right now? Wow. Um, so in the United States, uh, it's expected to make eight million this weekend in theaters, and then worldwide another eight point five million. So. People really aren't going back to the movie theaters very much. Nah, man. It movie theaters are going the way of like laser tag, where it's just like, oh, oh that I sounds laser tag. that sounds fun. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those things where it's just gonna be like, oh, remember that? That was that's cool. Like we should do that sometime. And then Maybe it never happens. Laser tag because yeah. it'll probably yeah. But then you remember or. I could just stream it for something that I already pay five bucks a month for. 
from the comfort of my own home in sweatpants. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, and I can pause it two or three times if I need to take a piss and not get COVID. That's true. So, yeah. Um, (sighs) This movie, uh, it's been in production since 2019. Uh, The stars were announced to that uh, the stars were announced to be a part of the movie in, in April of 2019. Uh, in July of 2019, they found a distributor, which was Universal Pictures. Hence, um, you know, Peacock and NBC and all that. Uh, oh. And then principal photography happened in October and November of 2019. So they've had this in the can. Um, they couldn't so quite finish editing. Started. For- it was started before COVID, huh? Yes. Wow. And they didn't, um, they couldn't uh, quite think or finish editing it uh, by February of 2020. So they decided to keep it in the can and then release it February of 2021. And then COVID was happening. <laughs> then they decided to wait until 2022 and see if they could somehow sneak it out into theaters. And this is the best they could do. <laughs> like <laughs> get it into theaters and Peacock. So yeah. <laughs> Jeez. COVID really That's... fucked everything up. Uh, yeah. Especially when it comes to movie films. Um, there's been 142 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes already. Wow! Wow! Yes. Uh, what is the Rotten Tomato score, Max? Uh, fucking 35 percent. It is a 59 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Get out of here! It actually broke 50. It has. Um, The critics' consensus is Mary Me's silly storyline is heavy on the something old and something borrowed, but the movie's well well matched leads make it easy to say I do. Okay. <laughs> um so there's gonna be a lot of quote like blogs on these oh, uh, sense, yeah. reviews. So the very first one is Ruth Maramis of Flix Chatter Film Blog. Uh, gave it a three out of five, so it's considered a certified fresh review. Uh, Mary Me is like Notting Hill on steroids. Uh, Sands <laughs> <laughs> uh, the genuinely hilarious circumstances on Woody Banter. Uh, thankfully, the two leads still make this an enjoyable distraction for two hours. And a worthwhile watch for Valentine's weekend. Um, Christy uh, Puchko, Puchko, P U C H K O. It's an interesting. P U C H K. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, of Mashable, considered a top critic, also gave it a positive review, writing surprising, sexy, and smart. Marry Me isn't just a charmer; it's one of the best romantic comedies of the last decade. All right. Calm fucking down. <laughs> Let's not go that far. 
Um, <laughs> Dan Buffa of KSDK News, that's a radio station. In oh, boy. San Gave it a negative review, a C minus, uh, and wrote, Lopez and Wilson do their best to lift up the tedious material, but this should be your third choice at a red box in about six weeks. <laughs> and you can tell they're from St. Louis because they still think red box is a thing. Well, that's probably because he's also still on a radio station. <laughs> that too. <laughs> um <laughs> God, I forgot about Redbox, honestly. Uh, Lisa Trafone of Third Coast Review. Oh, that sounds like Chicago. Third Coast? Yeah, she wrote, if one-line reviews were acceptable, mine would simply be, go watch Notting Hill instead. Yeah. You know, I didn't even make the Notting Hill connection until now, but that until the the reviews, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and then it's like it's been a glass shattering moment to just like in How I Met Your Mother, just like oh, (laughs) yeah, oh yeah, oh fuck, it really is, yeah. Um, another negative review uh, from Avi Offer of the he's under the blog NYC Movie Guru, um. The reason I chose this one is because uh, it's a negative review. Its score is 5.14826348.9 out of 10. Because those because are the, of the, the numbers yeah. of pi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, an amusing, harmless, and sweet yet forgettable diversion that doesn't offer anything new, surprising, funny, moving, or deep. It's just more bland sausage from the sausage factory known as Hollywood. God damn. I mean, I I I would 100% agree with that. But with the with the asterisk that I I don't agree well, with it with the same level of like snarkiness well, that he does. <laughs> well, this is our last review that we'll read. Uh it's from David Sims of the Atlantic, which is considered a top critic and it's a also a reputable um source there. Uh, but their review is considered positive. And David writes, Hollywood should recognize the value of this particular nostalgia. Generations of rom-com fans are crying out for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's also an element of that, too. Like, that's why it doesn't really need to go above and beyond to be something unique and spectacular. It's just you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. and. Yeah, and that's kind of where I wanted to start with this. It's just that when she goes on, when she finds out that Boston has cheated on her and she's like obviously having a nervous breakdown on the stage, everything she's doing at that time God. in the movie like is is believable. But at the same time, you don't know where she's going. But at the same time, again, and I'm like a third hand, that's exactly what would happen if someone just found out that their fiance yeah. was cheating on them right as they were about to get married. Literally two seconds before they were about to get married. Yeah. In front that's, of I mean, and 
Exactly. In front of an audience. Like, I get the standard person doing it in front of a, you know, a crowd of 100 or 200 people at the wedding ceremony. But God damn. Imagine having the public spotlight that much and you got to make a snap decision that could carve out the rest of your fucking life. That's And so that's, that's what makes <laughs> that's what makes the the leap of logic that you have to take as an audience member for her to pick out Owen Wilson from the crowd and say I'll marry you and kiss him on stage and go through with that whole thing in a very weird improv scene that's happening in front of everyone in, in New York City. Yeah. It's, and then and then have like, to back it up afterwards and be like, all right, well, are we are we making a go of this? Like, is this am I sticking by this decision or did I just take a leap of faith just for the shit see, of it, you know? That part is much more believable than the leap of logic of the thing actually beginning. Like the oh, yeah, the whole beginning it. is not believable at all. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, there's like, no way. what the actual fuck? Like, like, there's no way that, like, you would see Britney Spears or Madonna or, like, Christina Aguilera, like, have a nervous breakdown and somehow, and, like, take someone out of the, out of the, well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean. I, I as I was saying it out loud, I'm like, nah. <laughs> I could I could see it. I yeah, could. That's it's, the, that's the thing is it's it 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 holds on to the very 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 tiniest sliver of believability because pop divas. Yeah, it's live pop on culture. That sliver, live on that sliver of unbelievability of just like that's their life. I guess that's their life. It's it's like the sports writer Bill Simmons used to write about what's called he used to call some stuff the Tyson zone where the, it got to a point with Mike Tyson like after he like bit Evander's Holyfield ear off in his in the ring and like and everything else going on with Mike Tyson's life he called it the Tyson zone where it's just like there wasn't a story that you could involve Mike Tyson's name in that you didn't believe <laughs> like so like when someone reached a point where you believed any story involving that person they had reached the tyson zone, the tyson zone. <laughs> I, and i feel like someone who would be on that level of of like celebrity and that level of you know like saw like divaness or whatever the fuck you want to call it like they would be in that Tyson zone where it's just like, okay, yeah, they married someone in front of 20 million people that they didn't know that was just holding a fucking sign. Yeah. I so, I get that. I get that. It makes sense that but, like but that's where they fucking but, went with it. But as you're watching it, it is extremely easy to just be like, I roll, get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's know? nonstop moments like that. Yeah. So that's where you go into, you know, that last review that I read, the one with the by David Sims there, where he's just like, there's people just like looking for rom-coms like this. We don't get a lot of rom-coms like this made anymore, where it's just like beyond. It's it's an extra step beyond dumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Like how to lose how to lose a guy in ten days is a dumb premise. Uh, failure to launch, dumb fucking premise. But yeah. these films are fun to watch. This movie is in that ilk where it's just like marry me. Dude's holding up a sign that says marry me in a fucking concert and actually gets chosen to marry. Dumb fucking premise. I feel like that, <laughs> that no premise idea, you know? was just like, it was the first idea in the writer's room and that's what they were, or they're like, yeah, that well, works. Let's go with it. It was based off of a graphic novel. So someone like wrote a whole, oh, right, novel right. this like crazy idea. So of like, this actually happening. So, um, yeah, but you know, the, as a lot of the reviews said, Ellen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez, you know, save the flimsy, <laughs> like <laughs> the flimsy part of this film where it's just like for as unbelievable and crazy as it seems, there's still professional actors, Ellen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez being rom-com actors and just doing rom-com things. And that's very true yeah it's they're still playing what, the role that we know them to play and what'd you think of that i mean that was the part that kind of redeems it for me like it, it's that's why that review rings true about about nostalgia because it's like you know what you're getting into like i didn't go into this with high hopes it's a jennifer lopez movie and it's owen wilson like it's not gonna be some sweep you off your feet, beautiful romantic comedy. It's going to be just these two acting and we know what to expect and they're entertaining. That's it. As far yeah. as the acting goes it, exclusively, yeah, I thought they were solid together. They were both pretty good at playing off of each other. Um, you know, the, they made the chemistry somewhat believable, at least. And yep. They, they do play, they do play into the uh, the whole disbelievability pretty well. Like the whole premise, it's not like they try to skirt around it and just convince you that this is believable magically, you know? Right. Yeah, and you know, and a lot of the same lines of you know talking about just Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez being professional actors. I mean, there's also you know professional supporting cast here with Sarah Silverman. Just crack, you know, being the comedic uh, sidekick yeah. to which she uh, was phenomenal. At. Yeah, and then of course, and Michelle Buteau, the underrated Michelle Buteau, who's a, a constant rom com sidekick as well. But she's the sidekick to Jennifer Lopez in this one. Um, you know, she's the assistant with the big hair. Um, she's the uh, marketing not the manager one that, or whatever. Not the one that Bastion cheats, but she's the one who who's there the whole right. time. Yeah. Right. Um like so that you know, they those I mean, so there's it's just there's a you know, it's all you know, going back to the last two reviews we talked about from Rotten Tomatoes, where it's all sausage made from the Hollywood factory of Rob Cop sausage. But at the same time Exactly. They just at the same time it's like but why haven't we been like selling the sausage in stores and, and making meals with the sausage? The sausage is still good. 
Like, we get it. It's sausage. We probably should, like, we don't necessarily want to eat it all the time because, you know, that's bad for your health and so on and so forth and yada yada. But at the same time, sometimes but I would sometimes just want to talk to you. Yeah, give sometimes you want a good hot dog. Yeah, it's a fucking give me a hot dog. So I mean, I go to a know. ball game. I'm gonna want a hot dog. I'm not expecting it to be fucking amazing, but it's gonna <laughs> exactly. be a hot dog. Yeah, if I go to a game, I'm gonna give you a hot dog. That's what's gonna happen. So, so this is this movie's a hot dog. That's what this film is. It's a it's a goddamn hot dog, a hundred percent. I mean, and and quite frankly, there's not much else to really say about it. There really isn't. Like, I have have nothing else to say about this movie. Like, it's... Things happen. I've been sitting here struggling. I mean, one one thing we can talk about is uh, the song and performance of Church. Early in the movie, my God, it was like that. Okay, first off, Lord. the song, the song. I was like, "Is this supposed to be a comedic parody of like pop diva, like just pop diva songs? Like, is oh, this supposed sure, to yeah. be a comedic parody, or are they actually being serious with it?" And then after that, also the fucking outfit. That Jennifer yeah. Lopez is wearing. Yeah. At, well, at the time of at the time of filming, we will admit she was forty nine. So I mean, let's get one thing straight right here. She's forty nine in the movie. She's fifty two now. Forty nine when the film was made. So all right, she, she was not in her fifties when when we're watching her. Okay, so we need to make uh, she, sure that she can be in her fifties. You cannot say she looks so hot for being in her fifties in this film because she was in her forties, and I would need that. But have you seen her now? Down. Like as I, but as I said to you, like like all joking aside, as I said to you, um, she and Selma Hayek are not beings, are not human beings. They are no, they are extraterrestrials. No. Yes, that. Granted, have paid money to look the way they still look at their ages, but there's also a lot of human beings who have paid just as much, if not more money, to try to look as good and failed miserably. Yes. Yes. Those women and are they're they're incredible. Are they want just oh. I I love that my like 15 year old brain made an assessment at that time. and was like, JLo is gorgeous. And at 34, I'm like, yep, still rings true, man. Good choice. (laughs) This has not changed. (laughs) No. Yeah. So. Man. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Uh, As far as the kiss of the film. What was your favorite kiss? There's multiples between Owen Wilson and Jayla. There are. Well, there's the first when she brings him up onto stage. And then mm-hmm. there's like the finale one. And then there's there's a couple in between. 
Mm-hmm. Um, What's your favorite? I, I don't know. None of them, just like the rest of the movie, none, none of them like particularly stood out or anything. Um, I think the the only one that I kind of even vaguely remember is the first one when she pulls him up on stage. But that's like in this grand scheme of the storyline, that's like the most meaningless one. I mean, I guess you could argue that it's meaningful because it's like what starts it all. But I don't know. That's the only one I can think of, like passionately enough in my brain, if that's even the word to use for it. There's definitely feelings there because he is just being empathetic because he's a good hearted human being who's empathetic of seeing someone going through a nervous breakdown in a very uniquely horrible situation (laughs) Yeah. while, while she is trying to feel something, anything other than the pain that she currently is feeling. And so, you know, that leads to that particular kiss there. Um, and I think that they play that well. I would, you know, I, I like, I, I like as far as those that extra emotion, like it, all of it is, but all of it is separate from romance, the traditional romance that you expect in a kiss and a rom com. True, you know. For me, my favorite kiss of the film is the kiss they exchange on the Ferris wheel. And that's just because. Oh, yeah, that is a good one. Like, even though it's got the awkward sitting shoulder to shoulder, and then you got to kind of lean over the shoulder to like meet lips and everything. Yeah. I like, like, granted, it looks quote unquote awkward, but at the same time, I just, the, the, the absolute, like, the, the appreciation that he has for her in that moment that she did something for him like that. And the fact that she wanted to do something like that for him, especially after learning about that's a, his mother passing. That's out. a really good point. That's a really good point. Like, that was that scene. That, that was... was. And also how many times would you see the gender roles flipped in that situation? How many times the... Has a guy done that for a girl? Yes. How many times is the, the rich guy, you know, taking, like, oh, I rented out the whole music mark, amusement park, baby, just us. You know, have fun. And, and like, she even, she addresses that in the movie about, like, wanting to flip the script and, yeah, like, be the first one to propose instead of the guy and that sort of shit. And it's like, that's a good point. That's really nice to see that implemented into the movie somehow. Mm-hmm. And, so- and and it's cute it's cute like that's that's a i thought owen wilson's reaction to that was pretty genuine and yes, that you're right that kiss shows well. it yes so i would give that kiss a b plus in the film some of the other kisses were you know still in that b range some of them were in the C range, but I don't think any of them really stunk. No, so. no, it wasn't, it wasn't anything awkward or weird or it was just kind of mm-hmm. just, yeah, B. There were a couple I'd probably give even lower, but. Mm. but yeah. Uh, as far, as far as what happens after or after, 
Uh... Oh, wait, 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 wait. One more thing that I did notice, like, just just yeah. for my own personal taste, the amount of fucking... Just the overkill with the amount of performance that J-Lo did in this movie. Like, we listened to so many fucking songs, and each one of them was, like, at least three or four minutes long. Well, they created a whole soundtrack. Like, they all these songs are on Spotify now. Oh, are they? Yeah. No shit. Okay, so they did. they did have some intention behind all that. Then. okay yeah it, it, it like it was it, it was old school like it was old school in a lot of ways where you know we talk about how rom-coms aren't made like this anymore and along the same lines they created an original soundtrack to go with this film and this so this is an original so soundtrack. it is kind of kind of old school in that songs. sense yeah Huh. Well, so, okay. Then that's see that's some subtle those little gestures from a rom-com genre perspective. Like now that we're talking about them, they got some shit right. Mhm. With that said though, like yeah, I mean there's it's just nothing beyond that. Yeah. I mean what happens after or after? I don't I mean, I don't really know. Like, there's like the only thing, I, the only thing I know is that uh, Bastion, he he ends up married and divorced, and married and divorced. Yeah, at least twice. Like, uh, but uh, that's about it. Um, but other than that. Um, I'll just come out and say, I'll go out with my rating right away. Uh, I think this movie's a fuck. Agreed. A hundred percent. It's just a straight up. This was, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun Valentine's day. Fuck. Like that's uh, watching this on Valentine's day weekend. It was everything I thought it was going to be. So. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't need to be anything more than that. You go in with the low expectations. I mean, I went in with shit expectations. Like, I was like, this movie's going to fucking suck. Mm. But I was, again, I was prepared for that. Like, I wasn't, like, expecting it to rock my world or anything. Um, But, yeah, it, I mean, it turned out to be surprising in that sense, where it's like, yeah, this is still a decent, decent movie to watch once. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's J-Lo and Owen Wilson. Why the fuck not? Right? So that's that. Uh, so um, <laughs> there's a commercial on right now. And literally right when I said that's that, it, like the commercial put up a placard that said blunt analysis. It was like... <laughs> Yeah, we just gave this movie blunt analysis like over the last <laughs> 10 to 20 minutes. Anyway, um, so you can find our socials on Instagram at Bromancing the Stone Podcast. That's all one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. On Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod. Uh, and that's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. Myself, you can find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in super. So S U P R Market Sweep. So we can see my wordle scores. 
Uh, oh, did you get into Wordle? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh my God, a, Gobby got, got me a, hooked on that shit. I got a three today. I was pretty stoked on that. That's awesome. Nice. Um, and then on uh, Instagram at Relusa eighty eight, and that's R E L U S A eight. Uh, then there's another podcast I have with my sister Rebecca called We Watched Our MTV. It's a Spotify exclusive because we play music on it. Uh, but yeah, check that out as well. And Max? On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. Yes, indeedy. And Max, you'll actually have the choice for the next film that we'll review, which will come out in two weeks on the 28th. So this movie has been on the back burner of my radar for pretty much since we started the podcast and I've put it off and there's several reasons why. Um, one of which I won't spoil it by saying right this second, but um, recently I discovered a piece of trivia information about it that put it back on my radar and I was like, all right, that's what I'm choosing next week. So we are going to watch what women want, <laughs> which I know, which I know is something that that we, we talked, talked about. about and... We we talked about it off off air. Um, I think it was off air. Um, and it's, it's, it's a, a Nancy Meyer that film. That's 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 what we talked about. <laughs> that's a Nancy Meyer yeah. film. Um, and that you know, it's a film that you'd want you've wanted to do. You've mentioned before. And I have always kind of pushed back, like, Ugh, is that even a rom com? <laughs> um, but then found out Nancy Myers did it, and we just did two Nancy Myers films before this. So, I'll and that's right that's in. what initially I know, I know. I I'm like I'm hoping we can just power through the Nancy Meyer movies and <laughs> get this one, add this to the list, get it done, just be done. Plus, I remember <laughs> liking it when I watched it when I was younger, but. Yeah, I'll I'll bring up some little piece of trivia that that popped up for me this week that that made it worth the choice. All right, well, until then, uh, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all and we thank you for listening, and we will catch you in a couple weeks. Peace out. Love you guys. <laughs>